peace, namaste, and shalom. Everybody out there in dreamland, I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan, and you are listening to another episode of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much. Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, listeners new and old, if this is your first time listening, definitely do yourself a favor. Check out the archives of past episodes. I have almost 150 episodes on the podcast, and I have 400-plus videos on YouTube currently. I also have almost a hundred uh, TikTok videos. If not, I'm actually pushing three digits right now. I'm not sure. I have to go and uh, check up on that. But check out the TikTok videos as well uh, if you want your short media fix. Um, but also, I'm just across all platforms. And if you're a new listener, if this is like your first time you know, encountering the beyond top secret Texan brand and of uh, paranormal and conspiracy themed um, infotainment, which is the the you know audience friendly version of this is an educational program that is meant to be um, broadcast to you, you know, in the guise of entertainment, in the guise of science fiction, but really it is all real so if you want more groundbreaking you know disclosure video leaks dark web uh media things that are like a paranormal wikileaks type atmosphere my youtube videos my um podcast episodes they serve as archives in the two different medium um if you want to listen to the audio long form you know uh, narrations and, and orations and essays, you know, basically that I've, that I've created to um, explain in very elaborate detail. And these are long-form episodes, many hours long. Um, and the podcast version and format of the Beyond Top Secret Texan, you know, experience, or if you want to watch quicker, uh, YouTube-friendly, um, you know, curated content, uh, no, definitely check out the YouTube channel, but those videos are also available on Odyssey as well as Library. And for the short form content, definitely check out Instagram and TikTok, which provide photos, dank memes, uh, truth memes, infographics, short term videos, you know, under under a minute, um, video pieces of video evidence for uh, many different. Uh, 
alternative conspiracy, uh, fringe or paranormal, um, subjects, as well as a place to get notified on podcast episode uploads. Um, this is the flagship medium. This is the flagship genre. It's like, you know, most of the energy is spent towards the creation and curation of the podcast to keep it all archived and up and running and produce it, write it, you know, basically the beyond top secret Texan experience is the, um, podcast first and foremost, but it started as a video effort. It started as an online content effort. And so the YouTube channel and the, uh, TikTok and the Instagram, even though the TikTok and Instagram are very recent additions, the, the more true to form and traditional um, start so by first videos etc from many years back can be found on the YouTube as well as um, a consistent and full time production effort on YouTube videos shorts, TikTok videos etc I appreciate every single one of you um, long term listeners, Patreon supporters you guys uh, you know you mean everything to this show because you created and make it happen through your funding and through your production effort, your motivations, etc. Um, as well as your submission of links and you're reaching out and uh, some of you are insider whistleblowers. Uh, some of you are reaching out to me with your information, your, your videos that you've taken yourself and I absolutely appreciate that. Thank you all very much. Um, you know, keep them coming. Absolutely. Uh, very excited to be receiving those you know it helps out everything does and um you know if you guys uh are financial supporters contributors then you know absolutely i'm i'm you know so humbled and honored and really appreciative of you guys contributions and your funding of this uh project of civilian you know internet journalism but also if you are you know finding yourself you know, between a rock and a hard place, like many people are now in our economy, simply liking, uh, subscribing, and following um, my various different, you know, media, etc., getting those stats up, the numbers up, even by one click, you know, one like, etc., uh, regularly checking up on it. I get shadow banned a lot, so notifications are kind of hit or miss, but, you know, making sure... Uh, you know, the information shared on your social media is sharing it with your friends and your family, as well as posting it online, like on Reddit, 4chan, etc. That helps me out incredibly. Social media, 8chan, things like that, Facebook messages, all that, uh, Facebook groups, all that, because it really helps out spread the word. And really, that's the most important part and the most important thing that only you guys can do is... Uh, share this and then to get it out there uh, to an ever-increasing audience because, you know, currently it's expanding rapidly. So, I mean, the, the growth is, you know, hundreds of new listeners every week. And uh, overall, within a little over a year, because September was the year-long anniversary, um, it's far exceeded the, the view count goals, etc., and, and hit a very large international audience as well as a, a domestic audience so I'm deeply uh, you know um, grateful for that because that was all you guys that was all you're doing I did not um, have any influence on its 
you know, germination spread uh, into the, the real world, you know, online communities, etc., the real world, uh, you know, listener landscape. And, and I know it's a highly competitive field, the podcasting, conspiracy, especially conspiracy paranormal, it's a highly competitive field. And your time is very precious. So if you guys are choosing to listen to this, that means that you are choosing to, you know, be patient and and share your time, etc. So I hope um, I'm delivering, and I hope that if you have any critique or um, d- you know advice, definitely check out the direct messaging and um, email, etc. Just send me a line, a comment, etc. Let me know what I can improve on and where to go with this that you would prefer because. Um, you know, everyone has a voice, and I would always love to hear uh, what you guys got to say as long as it's constructive cr- criticism. So, thank you all very much on that end. You know, absolutely am, am, am open to building a very strong and tight knit community. Um, you know, open to communicating with a lot of my followers. Okay. So, today we're going to be speaking about. Um, another doom and gloom subject or another, um, you know, one that's like more catered towards a, a negative bent. I got a lot of comments recently and it was very weird because, um, you know, and looking at the comments and answering them and dealing with them because it, it is Halloween, you know, it is very obviously Halloween, but a lot of people were commenting on the negativity or the tone of the, the show as of late. And they, they were like, is this uh, kind of confused about the, the trend? And like, I was like, oh, no, no, no. And, and plus, um, you know, I always thought that it, it's a it's a uh, pretty, you know, uh, pretty fine line. It's a balance that I kind of strike very nicely between this mysticism and uh, futurism as well as this understanding of like uh, you know this dark side element of a lot of the paranormal and, and uh, secret space programs exopolitics and stuff like that but no 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 um, coming off the back of the the late summer in August and September with the Jupiter Accords and the Artemis Treaty um it may seem like a complete 180, but no, this is uh, just in the Halloween spirit and in the spirit of, uh, you know, the fall harvest season and all that, the the uh, fall equinox, that it's a um, very natural, like, you know, uh, pantheistic, you know, uh, non, non-polarity, uh, non-duality of, uh, you know, all things, so... Just, just simply do not worry. Exactly, we we would go back to the very, you know, overly optimistic. Um, given the the nature of the show around those holidays, um, but yes, moving forward into this new episode, uh, yeah, strap yourself in because we're going to be speaking about different doomsday scenarios and how uh, the Earth Alliance is basically, you know, they've assumed control. And right now, the world is in a very peaceful place. It's very well protected. It's not at a exopolitical time of validity. It's um, 
actually in a very historically, you know, great moment of peace and prosperity, right? Uh, both on the many astral planes and both on this earth, right? As the, the yugic cycle kind of comes to an end, it's not on bitter and violent and hostile apocalyptic um, timelines. It's it's on an optimistic law uh, and justice and order, law and order um, timeline. And, uh, you know, we're all very optimistically blessed for that, right? At the same, you know, due to the work of the light workers, due to the work of the Astro High Command, due to the work of the Pleiadians, the Arcturians, the Sirens, you know, the many different elements on the Astro High, Com- uh, Astro High Command levels that have uh, basically uh, given their very precious energies towards the manifestations and protections and securities of our very humble blue sphere, you know, to protect our species from uh, very powerful and ancient threats to our to our very existence. Ironically, these threats are the ones that have created us, so talk about a, you know, uh, very complex and confusing last century, like, or two or three, right? Uh, maybe even the last couple of uh, millennia. That being said, there's a great amount of change on the horizon, and that change is equally terrifying and equally as nightmarish uh, to the masses uh, psychologically, especially the current masses and the current generations of people, because they are cynically put on the wrong side of history. And they are going to uh, be either assimilated uh, through psychological uh, manipulation or they are going to be annihilated uh, through, uh, you know, being weighted out and excluded and and literally, you know, uh, pushed into a wilderness um, um, and it, it's, you know, existentially, you know, that that is dreadful. Um, but we are going to discuss the theaters in this particular episode, as well as the scenarios, to give it a little bit of difference, to give it a little bit of uh, unique, uh, beyond top secret Texan um, stylings. We're going to be speaking about not only the scenario, but how it plays out in 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 this whole grand scheme of things, and how the, the I guess you call it the Earth Alliance, the powers to be, are already positioning themselves because of the predictions made with AI, the predictions made with uh, supercomputers, you know, the predictions made with the um, Precognitive and and you know remote viewing out of body experiencing uh, personnel and specialists at the Earth Alliance and military intelligence level um, at their disposal they are at their command they have been able to accurately even more accurately than the AI you know predict a lot of what's going on and currently is still going on a lot of the um, intelligence we can gather actually is from the methodology and from the 
the practices that these people have educated the population on. I have a tremendous amount of respect for all um, precognitive or telepathic or remote viewing or astral projecting, um, you know, uh, former employees of the government or intelligence agencies. Um, absolute respect for them and their skill, for their craft, and understand that it is uh, 100% uh, viable and uh, accurate method, you know, such that it was pioneered and funded and researched, etc., by the military-industrial complex so extensively, and and that the CIA document leaks, etc., are 100% true. Now, this is completely contrary to the mainstream, and I know this is just a small tangent, and, and I'll get right back to the point immediately, but when my... Uh, you know, uh, competitors are my peers. Um, when they begin to discuss things like their media, their evidence, their, their, uh, you know, clickbait type videos, when these peers in the, in the, the UFO and conspiracy world, when they are discussing the validity of things, one of the very common distraction methods, one of the common debate tools they use is to ask for evidence, ask for a citation, like ask for the expert opinion on things. Uh, and it's always very materialist. The only things that they're satisfied with are like materialist um, proofs, right? And things like astral projection, remote viewing, out-of-body experience, lucid dreaming, these have been studied uh, at the university level. They are completely within the realms of academic legitimacy. They have been funded by the federal government. They have the entire surroundings of a legitimate and not pseudoscientific practice or exercise, or ability, right? Um, the practicing of an ability. The same way that you can't prove musical skill, but that the entire reality of music exists and has traditions and cultures and accepted methodology and, you know, accepted terminology, and it has this extremely... Um, significant impact on the, the the entire identity of the human species, yet there's not, and you can break it down with mathematics and the scientific, you know, uh, capturing and transmission of the music itself. I mean, yeah, it has everything to do with the real world, but itself is a very elusive and tangible thing, like what is music? And that's not even asking what is it good for or what is good music. It's simply put the intangible, the metaphysical is always um, excluded from these uh, experts or quote-unquote enthusiasts' um, discussions because the experience is not respected. The experience of downloading from the Akashic Records, the experience from having uh, sources channel information into you, the experiences um, of 
delving into like meditative practices, uh, manifestation with yoga, uh, you know, the increase of your chi, the benefits of an aesthetic lifestyle, etc. But I'm not going to get too preachy about that because I'm just explaining why that itself needs to be understood in terms of this research and in terms of this community, in terms of the paranormal and like the UFOs and uh, cryptozoologists, as well as any intuitive or um, uh, metaphysically inclined um, practitioner or scholar such as, you know, a musicologist or a theologist or um, even economist, right? Like, the idea that if you study anything that's not purely physical, one has to develop an intuition and a self-confidence as well as the ability to uh, know what one believes and what one thinks is in tradition and in keeping with a larger picture that itself can be questioned in course you know you know development or in course of practice of you know this skill whatever skill that is and when you practice cryptozoology when you practice the paranormal uh the conspiracy uh, video evidence world the divining rod the the tool that is most useful you know, the philosopher's stone that is most useful to the researcher is one's own internal voice and monologue and um, intuition. And that it's not following trends and it's not following um, what you think people want to know, but it's following and listening to this, like, basically trying to answer the questions that you or yourself are asking and you're asking, you know, the universe subconsciously or consciously, but you are, uh, you know, researching or searching out information because you know something is either not adding up or you are on the verge of some kind of discovery or conclusion or revelation, etc. That is the internal monologue that I think should be, um, you know, most... Uh, most sought after and respected in the community and not uh, the first to broadcast information the not the not the desperate race to find you know never before seen uh, videos or the desperate race to uh, you know have uh, the biggest names on on programs or to be in contact with community leaders etc these these uh, micro niche internet celebrities, and you know that's that's what I kind of wanted to speak about. This this is not a very popular subject. This is a very doom and gloom subject. This is a very uh, personally, I think, very important subject. the The Artemis treaties may exist, and there may be a peace on Earth that's influenced by a higher level, um, you know. Um, extraterrestrial intelligence and, and guidance and, and technology and power, but the internal reality of mankind, the internal uh, politics, the, the world that we live in is more 
I guess you would call it, uh, biological in the way that human nature is, you know, both individual and gestalt. And so the pruning of a tree or the gardening of a, a garden would always require the occasional to the point of regular culling and killing of unwanted or undesirable or, or even, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, misplaced, um, members of our species or members of a species. And I kind of gave it away right there. And that, that is exactly what the earth Alliance and the, um, I guess you call it the Illuminati, the United States military, the um, global Western military industrial complex is, you know, in, in the worst case scenario, planning on and hoping for. Now, this has been elaborated on in their own think tanks, etc., but as well as other speakers for the last, um, I'd say 40 years solid for the idea of Rex 84, the idea that in Rex 84, Ronald Reagan declared national emergency and, um, issued the control of the United States over to FEMA. Now, this was, um, if you ask many people just a literal passing of the baton into a federal emergency management position that the United States would operate under are uh, a temporary, albeit now indefinite, uh, control of the United States to suppress information, uh, especially through broadcast media, etc., that... Uh, you know, that a nuclear strike or some attack had happened on American soil. Um, some pre some presume a nuclear attack on Chicago, for example. Um, there are many, many theories as to what exactly was the, the reality that the Rex 84 was meant to, um, you know, finalize or, or to, to facilitate. But Ultimately, the United States as a democracy, as a republic, ceased to exist and has been replaced by, effectively, an emergency martial law, right? With the military dividing the nation into ten governorships and those military governors overseeing what they quote-unquote call the National Guard, but the National Guard is being um, overtly trained and familiarized and militarized to be a warfighting standard army. And this warfighting standard army has had experience in Iraq and Afghanistan for the last 20 years, as well as the various nations that operate, you know, American bases internationally, etc. And that those National Guard troops are effectively going to be uh, militarized and facilitated to become the police in communities and those communities are going to be there to suppress independence movements revolutionary movements not a domestic terrorists um a variety of various cults religious extremists etc 
this in the quote-unquote real-world timeline played itself out in events like Ruby Ridge and Waco and, um, you know, various other neo-Nazi police standoffs and showdowns in the early to mid-90s. This drew a lot of bad publicity and it was deemed bad optics and so they withdrew the efforts until you know, a later time when they could at this point have been installed I think it was uh, last year during the American riots, the Antifa BLM riots, that the federal troops um, could operate as riot police for example, and operate uh, basically as as a uh, paramilitary unit, you know, within cities to to protect federal buildings, etc. This is all just step one, and then they have an entire plan that goes into the decades, up to 2040 currently. Um, this is in conjunction with the United Nations. I remember this is worst case scenario what I'm what I'm speaking about here. Now, it it hopefully will not come to this. It hopefully will not need to come to this. But what's going to make it happen, what's going to decide it, right? The the actual point that's going to decide it is when extraterrestrials do reveal themselves and disclose themselves to the public of America, they're going to move the entire landing and grand, you know, welcome to the galactic neighborhood ceremony um, and it's going to be completely uh, a photo op and staged op with Greys as the first, you know officially selected and sanctioned extraterrestrial followed by the uh, Nordics and then, you know, you have your introduction uh, plans as the century goes on to introduce these species officially through various channels, um, but over time, um, you know, rectify the mistakes that were made by the Majestic 12 Rockefeller Commission, uh, Janus, and that was to keep the, keep the extraterrestrials a secret and thus uh, mitigate the social chaos that would happen, that they presumed would happen, if extraterrestrials were proven to be, uh, real. Now, they were probably completely justified for it, um, at the same time, there is the Astar Galactic, uh, High Command, or the Astar High Command that, uh, is keeping the Galactic Federation of Light secret, because of their own OPSEC, they are in a military situation right now, they were, especially back then, fighting the Orion Draco, they couldn't really reveal it onto Earth if, in case, you know, jeopardizing the entire mission that they were, you know, engaged in. Thus, the, the order was to keep it, you know, as secret as possible until, you know, times were, you know, progressed enough. But they were constantly educating people on the Ashtar High Command mission in the 60s, in the 50s and 60s. It's not like it was top, top secret. They were telling, like, farmers in Argentina about <laughs> the fact that they were in bases under the ocean. Like, they were just, like, they, they knew who to tell and who not to tell. They just didn't want to tell the, uh, the, the majority of people. They had this, you know, they, they are, the Astro High Command and the idea of secrecy is absurd. Um, 
That being said, revelation will be soon that the extraterrestrials exist and they have this entire ceremonious order, which they'll be kind of filed in. Um, if you want to watch a film that has this exact pr- uh, predictive programming in it, it's Valerian and the world, uh, the planet of a thousand worlds or something. Um, it is absolutely what's going to happen. They have this entire scene where there's a space station that becomes basically the first full-time orbiting space station, and it's this, you know, hub of of a space base. They're going to reveal that and disclose it under a great international building treaty where everyone's going to join up and build a space station, Um, and that's going to be there to monitor, like, asteroids and shit. It's going to be this big uh, psyop and opsec thing where it's like, you know, oh, look at us, we're all shaking hands and building a space station, living up there. But we're not going to disclose Solar Warden yet. <laughs> Let's just, they they need to disclose aliens, but they're not going to disclose Solar Warden um, until hell fucking freezes over. And that's, that's what that, that Gary Rich guy said, who was like, you know, um, it's going to take an act of God <laughs> for them to tell you what they've already done. It's not a matter of when they're never going to tell the world about Solar Warden. They know this. They cannot tell the world about Solar Warden. It is uh, paramount that they don't. The entire supremacy they have is secrecy. Um, and if they... It, what, what better? They, they control the world because no one knows they exist. Or no one publicly wants to admit they exist. And those that know they exist are on their side. It's very um, high-level shit point is though on this ground level on this low level stuff the millions and millions of people that currently live and say have access to firearms and armored vehicles and explosives and uh, are firmly firmly uh, convicted and convinced of their own worldviews and their own uh, religious beliefs um, they're going to cause a lot of shit they're going to cause a lot of bullshit because this is going to absolutely fulfill every single one of their prophecies that the New World Order and the extraterrestrial interdimensional demons and especially the, the reptilians, etc., that are going to probably make themselves present at one point. But this is going to be the justification necessary to pursue that Rockefeller feared, uh, uh, you know, outcome, which is total chaos and anarchy in, in the world, and that these people would not only reject this uh, alliance, but actively try to attack them, and actively try to attack the people who support it, i.e., the government and authority of the world, using a various amount of um, technologies. But but ultimately fighting in a at a global jihad, uh, breakaway societies, independent nations, etc., that would by force of arms and strength of numbers actually be able to hijack most of the world. And uh, given the fact that we're not dealing with, I mean, given the fact that human beings are very strange. And that the the average human being is not smart enough to make an iPhone, for example, um, out of scratch. But one human being was smart enough to make an iPhone. If you can follow that logic. 
we're all human beings. We all have the same brains, and we all have the same ability and capacity to learn, etc. And over time and generations, you cannot underestimate any group of people from doing any number of things, including cyber attacks, including biological weaponry, including nuclear radiation attacks, or atomic weapons, including uh, being able to train like commandos and, and being, um, you know, a, a great saboteurs, uh, infiltrating and hijacking infrastructure systems like the government, uh, like, you know... Uh, like the list is endless. Also, inventing technologies that have been suppressed, and if people in the 1800s were inventing like Tesla technology, um, they could do it in the year 2000, uh, or they could do it in the year 2000s. They could do it like say in 2030, and you could see somebody who hated the aliens, who hated the NWO, creating um, anti-gravity technology or, or electrogravitics or um, some kind of Tesla-level uh, breakthrough technology, which would well, which would basically give them fighting edges comparable to even the extraterrestrials. And this is fulfilling the Rockefeller, you know, worst-case scenario, sum-of-all-fear situation, which is when the aliens show up, everybody militarizes like a bunch of killer bees. And even though if the aliens are on our side, they still attack them, and we can't stop them. Then I mean we, yes, in that royal we sense that, yes, I'm on the side of the aliens, and so we would, is that everyone who would be open to the future and trying to build like a Ray Bradbury uh, Star Trek, you know, uh, Federation-type utopia between species would be getting our asses kicked by the fucking millions of jihadis in Toyota pickup trucks with, like, 50 cows strapped to the fucking bed and, like, just peppering, you know, the, the space Geneva. And we would be really outnumbered and really outgunned um, and relying and have to resort to extreme measures, which doesn't do anyone favors because now we're killing people. And we're killing people to protect aliens who arrived on our planet, and who are our neighbors. Exactly, like, like this idea that we're we're trying to protect our space neighbors from our real neighbors who are now trying to kill us because we we exactly, in their mind are like allying with devils and demons and things like that. And that's another thing I want to kind of bring up is that this whole worst case scenario, doomsday scenario. Um, is only possible in its various incarnations if people work on their worst behavior. If people work uh, violently and tribally and zealously because it's not for the average person who would not want to engage in, in, in total uh, society-destroying warfare and, in you know... Um, for those real intelligent pacifistic people exactly, who would actually want to, even if they disagreed, work it out peacefully to coexist, etc. Uh, who people who think diplomatically, this is not what we're saying that in this doomsday scenario, um, that the, the people that populate the world 
are, um, you know, exactly, they, they are, um, living up to their worst expectations, right? That's what we're predicting. And that the ideas of a peaceful resolution are impossible. This is what the U.S. Army is planning for, for example. The U.S. Army is planning a lot of modern doctrines not to fight the enemy, but to fight its own populations. Jade Helm in 2014, I believe, was the perfect example of this. That the infrastructure of America is what they model the towns that they practice targeting on. That the drone pilots are practiced in simulations targeting um, over American suburbs and cities. It's because they are preparing a time when... Basically, the the ultimatum exists when Americans are fighting Americans again, and they have two contradictory, non-compatible, violently opposed versions of America. And that this irreconcilable, irreconcilable difference will be multiplied and amplified by traumatic responses to bloodshed and violence and oppression and persecution and aggression on both sides. So equally they would escalate, the aggressions would escalate. And that through the admittance of extraterrestrials and through the revelation of their presence as cosmic creatures, as cosmic entities, the war would not be they are invading us. It wouldn't be that the aliens are sabotaging our society or destroying our society or attacking our societies. It wouldn't be that the aliens are invading our planet. It would be that the world is erupting in total warfare to force these aliens off of it. That these peaceful aliens would have caused the war to end our end all wars. The war against the elite from the people, from the proletariat, from the masses, the Vox Populi. And that the 99% would use this as an unforgivable moment a a betrayal of the human species and then force a great purging of the common person a great extermination of the base tribes by the elite of this world the Illuminati of this world using technology that they possess 
specifically because extraterrestrials and intelligences like AI and the Astro High Command Astral uh, Realm beings, the multidimensional ultra-terrestrial entities, as well as the recovered ancient alien technologies um, that they had secured, that ironically, after preserving this balance of populations of the breakaway civilization and the, the, the zoo that they've kept everyone in, that they would be forced to exterminate their own worker and slave classes, their own societies. To preserve this grander vision of humans' destiny. And that they would have to do this to save themselves and the progress that they had made which like I said before when I was speaking about metaphysical priorities and intangible qualities that are measured as high value versus the purely physical and material That while the greater majority of the people might simply be fighting to get more money, are they are are out of some outrage that their taxpayer dollar went to these programs or went to this this Earth Alliance, you know, out of out of this world interstellar. Um, colony effort, you know, we're the cloning, everything that we've been talking about, the exopolitical reality, deep underground military bases, etc., that all of this would exist. And upon that being undeniable, they would drive themselves into an outrage because it was some violation of trust and that the only uh, solution is bloodshed. To prevent that reality... They would have to be killed. They would have to be put down. Like if the king of France in the French Revolution had the means to kill the people who were going to cut his head off, he would have done it. And that's the world that they've built. That's the world the U.S. Army is developing right now. The U.S. Army is planning for and it's a this 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 entire situation where they know they cannot overcome the population, the numbers game. They cannot overcome the fact that they're going to be outnumbered like five hundred million, you know, until to like one million max. What they are doing though is concentrating the population, weakening it, getting into its head, psychologically, uh, you know, uh, diminishing its ability to fight. Uh, Dividing it, uh, creating the ability, infiltrating it, uh, creating everything that it, it, it reflects on and prioritizes and values, basically creating an entire uh, nation of eunuchs in psychologically, a psych nation of psychological units to prevent this. But physically, it is preparing itself to be a highly mobile response effort that can deliver invincible uh, or sorry, invincible uh, 
retaliation and shock and awe type attacks through automation and through um, a collaborative uh, hybridized warfare, a mosaic warfare uh, that it pioneered with Jade Helm. The entire writing on the wall, like the if, long story short, writing on the wall. This is the worst case scenario in their predicted future. And by there, I mean the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Pentagon, the top brass. Not that the hopeful, optimistic reality of the Golden Timeline will be the the destruction of these evil elements by a sea of liberated and awakened masses like you see the protests and you see the 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 riots and you see the throngs of people the millions and millions of people surging forward and 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 you know battling the police in the street and everything you see that and in your heart, if you know, you think the protesters and the demonstrators are on the side of good and that history will reward them. And what you're not seeing is that these people are being subliminally uh, trained and programmed to follow a certain path of behavior when they are antagonized surging forward, jamming themselves into bottlenecks into the streets, providing urban like, like they have to go to the cities, they have to go to capitals, they have to go where these places have been set up to eventually be graveyards to be where uh, the the defensive systems, the defensive networks, the fortresses, these cities are going to be made into fortresses, it's going to be devolving into urban warfare, but it's going to be doing it using the intelligence already gathered by the protests against, say, for the Hong, the Chinese in Hong Kong, or the, uh, the Gendarme in France, or the uh, British uh, Met Pole in England. And yes, if you look, are the Australians in Australia, and I'm not saying that these governments are good in what they are doing, and I'm not saying that these police are right. I'm saying, though, that all of this is being used as intelligence to create strategies by the world's militaries on how to strike and how to destroy civilian resistance when the time comes, when the Revelation Day arises, when Disclosure Day occurs, when the protests inevitably go live, if there are protests, they will be immediately met with military resistance, they will be immediately destroyed, they will be immediately imprisoned, and thrown into camps. Now, like I said, this is all worst-case scenario. But it's done specifically because the United States military knows that it's outnumbered by an in by an in um an undefeatable degree, an undefeatable amplitude, unless it acts extremely severely, and then it would force the automation issue 
into the policing world using drone uh, surveillance. It would monitor highway traffic, uh, face recognition software, the quadruple do- uh, leg dogs with uh, you know anti personnel, maybe non lethal weaponry, but still weaponry itself. Um, those little dogs with a bunch of mace on its back, for example, or, or uh, binding foam, um, could easily disturb or, 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 you know, basically be force multipliers for any uh, riot or protest demonstration. The point is, um, unless those protesters and demonstrators become way more sophisticated, and said they are allowing themselves to fit a certain role of behavior which itself is becoming a culture of this neo-primitivism throwing rocks, throwing the grenades back, wearing the the bandanas and the the gas masks. Yes, they're expecting this non-violent resistance, but that's going to be the trap. The world will erupt thinking that its governments are limited to the amount of force that they can respond with. They will be met with lethal force. They will be met with automated force, they will be met with military force. Then, the guerrilla war, the maneuver war, the war of attrition, will begin. With all the people who have fortified themselves, created bunkers, and those that are seeking to attack the the government inside their bunkers, inside their facilities, specifically the facilities of high uh, acclaim, like Area 51, um, you know, the the various military bases around America, and they will become uh, and have already started becoming forward operating posts, as well as um, camps, refugee camps. For all the loyalists and supporters and um, civilian populations as to separate themselves, or at least to be divided in an area to separate themselves before, you know, evacuations. Because in these immediate days, and I mean immediate days, the call will come to bombing. Bombing major urban centers. People have never experienced this. Americans have not experienced this ever. A, a actual organized air campaign on American cities. They will target the heaviest, uh, the heaviest density urban populations of rebellion and revolution. They will use <laughs> they will use a blockbusters because of the concrete buildup to hit people locked, located in sewers. They will use. Um, white phosphorus uh, known as whiskey peat they will use that because this is a war of terror and intimidation as well as a war of extermination they're already lidaring major urban centers in America on the west and east coasts using LIDAR, which can measure the surface variations and map clearly detailed 3D maps of landscapes. 
so that all corners of an urban area exist in some mapped capacity. That's the uh, the, the geospatial um, organization. Or the geospatial, sorry, uh, it, it's the, the was it, G-O? The G-A? Um, it's a very new uh, government organization. They, they, are, they are quickly funding and educating entire cores of engineers and drone operators, technicians, etc. Because this is not going to be um, people on the ground. This is not going to be cops moving door to door. This is going to be drones seeking, loitering, uh, like seeking, destroying, uh, loitering after for anyone moving through the rubble. This is going to be completely from the highest ground down. Earth Alliance, even using the Space Force, even using Solar Warden to drop tungsten rods, etc., for the uh, deploy orbiter lasers, uh, solid kinetic weaponry, such as railgun strikes, just as pure shows of force and intimidation to anyone within the immediate, you know, uh, the immediate threat range of ideologues that the shock and awe attack will have to break zealots and have to break religious extremists and have to break very dogmatic conservatives because of, of various uh, institutions, you know, orthodoxies of the, the Muslim faith, the Mormon faith, uh, etc. All these violent extremist angles, uh, people who believe that this is the end of the world, will have to have their expectations both met and exceeded if they are to be intimidated into disarming Thus, it will facilitate the presentation and showing. This would be the act of God necessary to present these secret space programs, the Earth Alliance, the Solar Warden, to the masses, specifically as the last nail in the coffin. As the last card to be played in this intimidation terror attack on the overwhelmingly larger rebel forces of the thousands and thousands of different separatist groups that would instantly take this as validation for their uh, doomsday or apocalyptic beliefs. This would be the only possible outcome um, in such a case because a long, proact- uh, pro- yeah, a long, proacted, uh, you know, uh, like uh, I guess you call it guerrilla war, asymmetrical war, where rebels are seizing opportunities to ambush uh, extraterrestrial. Uh, 
visitors or to attack extraterrestrial locations such as, you know, um, wherever their ships may be docked or whatever, that would lead into a world of never-ending terrorism that would lead into a wor world of never-ending um, paranoia. And there is no resolve for that. So in many cases, even though the destruction is almost universal, planetary, and reduces the population by 99% almost, in the previously mentioned scenario, the fate of mankind to be forever paranoid of their neighbor, and to always be looking over their shoulder, to always be watching their, their back because they may be taken hostage, because they choose to engage with extraterrestrials, which is the inescapable present reality. That just may be worse. That just may be more terrifying. And when we come back, we'll talk about the oceans. Greetings, we're back again. Thank you all very much for joining me. You guys got a lot of guts. Now, I hope you like the music and everything. The Motorhead accompaniment. We'll be getting into the next Doomsday scenario. Immediately. Let's begin by, I guess, summarizing what we've already covered. And that is the reasoning behind this exercise, this thought exercise, is to kind of give voice to the worst-case scenarios that are going to probably play out real relatively very easily and very realistically. If there were not currently powers to be keeping such disasters from unfolding by means and technologies that the average person could not comprehend The means and abilities, the technologies, the skills, the methods of these higher dimensional beings are as incomprehensible to us as human society, human weaponry, human decision making, human rationality, human experience is to a jellyfish. That still being said, we are going over the worst case scenarios, the worst case timelines, for humanity during the age of disclosure, during the disclosure events, Revelation Day, where extraterrestrial intelligence, extraterrestrial intelligent life, presents itself officially to the earth, to the species of mankind as a whole. In this disaster, we are exploring the possibility of the human race violently turning to a state of chaos and and uh, ignorance 
and in their panic and fear, forcing the hands of the Earth Alliance and the Illuminati and the military to eradicate the now global jihad that is occurring against extraterrestrials and those that ally with them. We're going to speak of a similar but not exactly the same situation that could happen in the ocean within the next decade or two. A different but equally terrifying doomsday scenario involving not mankind's ignorance throwing the majority of the world into chaos and violence and war upon the arrival of a stranger but mankind's greed escalating and then opening Pandora's box Spilling evils of the artificial intelligence and weaponized machinery into the oceans and forever redefining this planet and what is its dominant life form. To begin, let's give a little bit of backstory. A little history lesson. One of the things that the Earth Alliance is doing is pushing the frontiers of mankind and expanding their horizons of of colonies and uh, colonizable areas um, from merely surface level continents, islands, countries, etc., to, I guess you call it, uh, submerged oceanic marine environments, purely atmospheric environments, and off-world environments. That is a good summary for what the Earth Alliance actually does. It confederates and allows for communication between the different elements in charge of the colonization of the earth and the oceans and the atmospheres and in the orbits of the planet itself so it basically is the political center the political authority and the police and security as well as the armed forces of the greater human outward expansion from the present into the future the great further manifest destiny it has already created a world where internally all the factors that exist are well balanced and through a steady communication control 
and cooperation are maintained. We get into sea colonization, the submarine colonization, the marine environments, the oceanic environments, the submerged colonizations, sea labs, your sea cities, seasteading. Uh, this is a reality. This is a reality they're already speaking about on the news that there are a deep sea underwater mining colonies already being created and financed to be supplied by volunteers, industrial leaders, and specialists to permanently or semi-permanently um, set up long-term stations and outposts, mining facilities um, on the bottom of the ocean and form these separate colonies strictly to reach uh, to search for resources, etc. Uh, basically as industrial miners, right? Uh, but on the seafloor. This is going to radically uh, change the scale and the scope of, you know, the idea of international waters, of territorial control, of resource rights, of management of territories and areas. It's going to push the politicized concept right into the forefront of political and, and obviously military strategy to the point that while the industry develops the hyper-militarization of the oceans will be greenlit and justified and before the industry and colonies themselves are able to venture forth physically, be created, welded together, and staffed and, and manned, and start bringing up ore, the territories that they, you know, are projected to belong to will be war zones. They'll be submarine war zones. Um, submarines are very interesting. Submarine warfare is very interesting because it's about a century old. It's, it's more, I know the first submarine was made in the American Revolution. I know the first submarine um, warfare was really perfected in the Civil War, ironically. And that, sub, that submarine warfare was used in World War I, which is over 100 years old right now. But it's approximately, um, you know, a, a uh, older and more established war doctrine than, say, for example, aviation warfare. Submarine warfare is older, but still very new. It's so new that it's not properly understood. Submarines do not attack other submarines. Submarines attack merchant marine vessels and attack supply convoys and basically cause a massive terror uh, campaign where, yes, loss of tonnage and life is a, a crucial factor for how successful they are. For example, the American submarine... Uh, uh, fleets in World War II were able to completely uh, embargo and surround Japan and could have effectively starved them out into submission without relying on the atomic bomb. That was absolutely a viable war strategy. Um, so dominant 
were they that they operated from Alaska all the way down to uh, Antarctica? And this is on record. They they absolutely um, mass produced and perfected submarine warfare, and that's another element of it. It's not pr- the pinnacle of submarine warfare is not pure stealth, nor is it this solitary master uh, captain game of uh, of strategy and um, discipline and perfect skill. That is a Cold War espionage legacy, which is actually not the best mission that submarines are are, uh, made for. Submarines are actually made purely to fuck shit up. They are not made to be these quiet, strategic uh, um, um, peacemakers in time of the Cold War. They are made to send ships to the bottom of the ocean. Um, And so... With that in mind, think about currently, if you're listening to this, this was recorded in October, um, October 14th, 2021, that in the situation at hand, um, there are so many ships congesting the ports of America, waiting for entrance, waiting for the chance to unload their goods, etc., as well as the fact that most of the internet that is available in the Western world is controlled through cables that run under the sea. These underwater cables are legacy cables from the old telegraph days, just modernized and repurposed, and they're laid at such a depth that um, the sheer amount of depth alone is I, I would deterrent from them being affected by anything, as well as the fact that previously... The things like the internet are uh, transatlantic or transpacific communications were not viable targets for any kind of enemy that we might have been facing, you know, geopolitically. Um, uh, for example, the North Vietnamese or the Iraqis or the Afghanis. As we enter into this 2020, 2030 to 2040 era, world powers will be weakened uh, and more vulnerable to open sparring or open conflict, especially with the automatization of war, uh, where the automatic uh, operated vehicles such as automated drone submarines will reduce any hesitancy to deploy them in an aggressive manner, especially if there is a um, uh, current escalation of violence occurring. So, previously, while you could say politically there would be a lot of tension and fear for submarines uh, fleets to engage each other, if you created automatic UAVs that operated um, long-term in oceans, keeping entire corridors um, basically uh, on patrol, like, you know, keeping them surveilled for any merchant marine vessel to sail by, then, you know, springs to life, tracks, and then destroys. Um, You know, there would be very little culpability. There'd be no communication necessary to go out. There'd be very... the, The... the 
necessity for stealth, etc., writes itself, or it creates its own environment. It, it helps its own mission in that regard. And this is exactly what's going on. What we're going to be seeing in 2030, 2040, is opportunities that are presenting themselves like this getting worse and worse and worse, where if you were, for example, an enterprising um, superpower and you wanted to do some covert terroristic mass collateral damage and really 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 throw the world for um, like really rock the world uh, in terms of threat terror and security it would be very obvious to use automatic drones submarines to attack ports and harbors around the world especially in key vital areas synchronizing attacks are staggering them to the point where they can maximize the effect whereas responses so for example you strike a target in the Pacific Ocean the, the response of the follow, you know, surrounding navies and coast guards the world engine, and you strike one on the opposite of the earth because you've used a multi-year staging up, uh, you know, time to set up these drones across the ocean and let them basically operate themselves. So there's no communication from the initial programming standpoint that ties you as the responsible host nation or stateless operator uh, from these targets. Um... I intend to to be using North Korea or China in this example, but uh, I'll use ISIS because that's a pretty uh, non-controversial terroristic nation. So ISIS uh, gets its funding and its shit back together, at least collaterally. Instead of paying for, you know, amphetamines and Toyotas and uh, high-caliber anti-aircraft machine guns, they uh, spend it on these suicide, kamikaze drone submarines. They do this through a third-party source, say an African nation or a uh, you know Pakistan or somebody. They do it with a merchant marine cover, you know, getting the parts, etc. Uh, they they manage to deploy them, you know, either in small batches or you know, across multiple different uh, points. They monitor them effectively with public access GPS or whatever. They have uh, old military communication equipment. Then, over the course of months, they've assembled and deployed this fleet of, of, of uh, basic automated, you know, deployable automatic submarines that have the ability then to be turned on in mass and target uh, various freighter ships or various ports of Elvin Bankman. Or, um, better yet, these, the drones themselves are deployed you know, at the very ports that they are meant to target, thus they don't have to travel very far. Um, all you would need to do is sink maybe one or two of these freighters 
especially if they, if they are in harbor in port. Remember, your job is not to permanently do us, uh, you know, destroy the world, but you're just there to scare the shit out of every shipping company, every insurance company, every port of a uh, of, harbor. Um, the entire world's economy would actually grind to a halt as they try to scramble enough forces to provide security, etc. Um, the the world is not designed to stop drone submarine warfare targeting only merchant marine vessels. If anything, it's meant for navies against navies. So as long as you avoid targeting actual navy ships, and, I mean, like, literally, as long as you avoid them, then you just don't ever, you say, you don't ever have the issue, whereas, as I said, like, typically state-on-state actors, uh, nations-on-nations, will engage each other's navies specifically, thus, you know, one side will always lose, and that's how you have a war. If you specifically just avoided each other and attacked only your civilian sides, then you have a maneuver warfare or uh, a guerrilla warfare going on that these drones would perfectly be suited for because even if they were destroyed, it's not like, you know, that they actually are ISIS-occupied submarines. You know, so... And that's just an example. For example, drug cartels, um, rival shipping cartels, uh, organized criminals like the Yakuza, uh... Uh, once again, North Korea. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. I was the issue was brought up. If you think about it, all you need is like a billion dollars, and every year there's more and more billionaires. You know, and it's just a matter of time. And and it's it's with cryptocurrency and with things like that that the the concept of Terrorist and billionaire are one and the same. Because that's exactly who's funding these things. That's exactly who's operating these non-state uh, aggressors. Billionaires. Is that it, it? You would all you need is a billion dollars, and you have the funding that rivals first-world nations in NATO and things like that. Like, you know. I've said it before during the last hour that you never underestimate the abilities of a person because even though people themselves may not generally be, uh, you know, creating and manufacturing and inventing things, that these are possible anywhere and anyone can do those. You know, like anyone can be a marine engineer. Anyone can figure out how to create... Um, reliable AI coding to program uh, you know kamikaze uh, underwater drones anyone can build a submarine I know that sounds ridiculous but it's absolutely the case look at the cartels in uh, Mexico and South America they build fully functional speedboat level submarines to transport they're called narco subs that, they travel across the Atlantic Ocean. They travel across the Pacific Ocean. That's how they do it. They travel through submarines. 
Um, the ideas I'm trying to express is that it's now time for submarine piracy. It's now time for submarine uh, private enterprise. Um, it's now like it's the twenty. You know, it, it's it's the two thousands. It's twenty twenty. We already have atomic powered yachts. We're getting uh, it's like super yachts that are the size and 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 you know um, capability of any naval ship. Then we're getting merchant marine ships that are that are uh, using incredible technologies that the public would would not even understand, like the the sails, like the electric sails that they're rigging up. Um, the fact that most of them are going into this um, new era, you know, ahead uh, of of the the. Sciences of things like aviation or um, automobile transportation that, that people aren't even rec- recognizing because it's such a strange and large world and because this secret of the greater earth and of the hollow earth, etc., the, the true scale of this uh, disc world is closely guarded and so is the world of the mariner so is the world of the ship traveler of the ocean of uh, any kind of nautical expertise this is the breeding ground for the next phase of human evolution this is the testing ground this is the the baptismal ground for AI, for automation, for uh, really individual engineer-based futurists to create their own seastead uh, independence movements, technocracies, uh, cryptocracies, um, etc. And they can defend them and they can actually exert a lot of power and and really create a very sustainable um, private military existence via automation of uh, weaponized naval craft, automatic torpedoes, um, various. Uh, you know, uh, UAVs uh, for deep sea and for uh, maybe transmedium uh, capabilities uh, such as flight, you know, like underwater launched uh, flying vehicles such as jets. Uh, the, the list is, this is very, very long, but the nightmare scenario begins when this development goes unchecked or escalates to a hyper level where the entire oceans are held hostage and filled with killer drone submarines. Self-replicating is possible. Um, of course, you have the, the alternative hyd- uh, you know, um, uh, fission-powered um, cold fusion powered. You have the the different myriads of designs that they might take from 
extremely large drone carriers to nano, you know, fish-sized, um, self-propelled and, and targeting, um, you know, uh, warheads, you know, torpedoes that once actually the, the imagination starts to, to explore the topic, um, this is the perfect storm of engineering, capital, uh, independence, um, and distance to provide for secrecy, the inhospitable, inhospitable, uh, inhospitable, the inhospitable uh, nature of the environments of the deep sea, of the uh, environments themselves, could be like the Arctic Ocean, could be uh, Antarctic waters, could be waters in uh, you know generally off limits areas, or waters literally. Um, unexplored because once you enter the level of these rogue billionaires once you enter the level of these nation states these companies these conglomerates you enter into the category that created the ICC there is no uh, moment in history that the powerful merchants or the powerful bankers, or the powerful companies of traders, and uh, that I mean, did not finance exploration, did not finance uh, you know militarization of their own supplies, uh, supply lines, or their own um, uh, you know corporate developments. In this case, it could be that these technologies are created solely by these companies with these deep sea uh, colonies and these deep sea manufacturing um, you know factories that they would create using the minerals that they mine from the seafloor itself so this thing is all a catal- so the deep sea mining spoken about earlier is the catalyst that is the the um, motivator for why these companies are these individual rogue billionaires may turn pirate, may turn terrorist, might turn rogue, as they see the oceanic frontier as being a limitless new frontier for gain, profit, and the only thing keeping it from being a post-scarcity environment is the artificial control of the supply chain. And to defend oneself from this new domain of abyss warfare or abyss uh, you know uh, everything from corporate sabotage, corporate spying to uh, you know basically resource piracy maybe aggressively poaching natural resources from undeveloped nations and having to defend yourself from their are their allies would call for the development of these drones of these systems once those systems are developed 
those systems can be created in mass. Mass production by these companies can be fully automated. And if it's not an issue of cost because these companies are reaping massive profits on the surface world to operate these shadow wars and the shadow abyssal uh, armaments by these deep sea UAVs, etc. Then the fleet sizes can grow immense all justified by the se- by by the fact that they are operating in these new frontiers making it self-defensive a defensive mandate to create these massive armadas and fleets um, once the switch is flipped though from defense to offense these drones would be the supreme threat the ocean has ever faced the possibility for the design ranges from, like I said, long-term self-sustaining to possible ecological nightmares and threats to even um, biologically and ecologically uh, neutral and sustainable, um, like green, quote-unquote green, um, operational capabilities, thus making its uh, detection even more difficult as well as creating even a greater sense of paranoia amongst the surface world that in seemingly un, like undisturbed and pristine paradise environments that could be the harbor and, and, um, and uh, refuge of killer automated drones or that the territories themselves are kept that way through this constant... Um, patrol of automated drones at the order of billionaires that are acting as eco-fascists and they are, say for example policing the Pacific Ocean from their headquarters in these deep sea mines and have taken it upon themselves as a cabal of these deep sea miners to, um hold the world's fishing industries hostage and that they send these automatic drones, these these uh, they, the Navy calls them claws um, they're automatic submarine systems that can actually target and pick out and you know, operate independently um, these claws would go out find ships confirm and then destroy or or sink them to the you know loss of the general populations of these countries how it affects the world is not directly through the who they sink and who what ships they uh, sink but the industries that they can destroy uh, China for example could have immense pressure applied to it based on its uh, international, its reliance on international uh, fishing. If its charters, if its flotilla started to be neutralized and sunk, um, that would force it and its navy 
to seek out and to neutralize this threat, at the same time, might begin to create a hyper-paranoid and um, more dangerous future where nations themselves begin militarizing at a rate never before seen the oceans, creating uh, minefields. <coughs> Excuse me. Minefields, constant patrols of blue water navy, uh, naval forces, uh, constant shore patrols, um, even the, the militarization of like uh, whales and seals, sea lions, um, etc. That's all on the table in these next decades. If this was so, if this was to, to happen, if this was, um, you know, um, so unfortunate to be the case. This was our great misfortune that this would be the case. Now, remember, I firmly believe that we're on the most optimistic timeline. I firmly believe that we're on the uh, the best of all uh, possible worlds, but the imagination will have to, you know, explore this and to entertain it because it provides a, a stark, you know, reminder of the abyss that human nature exists in where money can make men think of themselves as gods and all war ultimately is a handful of elites proclaiming themselves to be gods of life and death walking the earth because that's what this causes yes imagine every merchant fleet having to um, operate with tight security and many of them being sunk imagine the oceans being empty of all um or most traffic imagine the ports and harbors on fire and clogged with um, half sunken ships you know from, from massive surprise raids on unguarded civilian areas and ports um, imagine the millions of people suffering from hunger and poverty and the economies having to radically readjust. Imagine climates of isolationism, of um, struggle and strife, as well as the alternative world that it would create. When every citizen has to internalize the stress and suffering of not knowing if one day one of these automatic submarines won't surface outside of your coastal city and launch cruise missiles into downtown because it decided to. And you know full well that it's an automatic drone operating with an AI. Because these rogue nations are not invincible, most likely they would be defeated before the threat of their creations would be neutralized.
The nihilism behind this is tremendous, I know. Because before, while this was always the loaded gun pointed to the head of mankind, before, at least the loaded gun had a human conscience behind it. At least the finger on the trigger of the gun pointed to the head of the world had a human heart. With the creation of these submarine AIs, with this entirely new phase of automatic warfare, it's... It's the Terminator, but 20,000 leagues under the sea. The sea offers a lot of benefits for defense as well. Not only is it a massive amount of volume of area to discover and explore, but attacks from the air, attacks from orbits, are not guaranteed to have a significant impact on it. Once again, this is deadlier than the idea of Skynet. This is deadlier than the idea of a uh, Horizon Dawn or Dawn Horizon um, scenario where the machines that have taken over the Earth operate on land. They operate terrestrially. They operate like in humanoid fashion. Or they operate in the air where we can target them. They operate in bunkers. They operate um, in our cities where we can reach them, where we live as well. An army of, or sorry, a navy of self replicating nuclear powered attack submarines that can. Put themselves in stasis for years, then follow self created attack plans. Stealthily operating. Attacking with invulnerability, and then the benefit of if they are destroyed being inconsequential to the overall existence of this fleet, which is AI powered, automatically manufactured from facilities on the bottom of the ocean. They would not suffer any remorse. They would not suffer any pity. They would not have any hesitation to strike any target on the surface. 
They could easily defend themselves and operate in swarms that no human navy could compete with or would wish to risk the amount of human life necessary if there were to be any kind of major naval engagement between human navies and AI-powered navies. The horror of this situation is I think the ability of these AI to design themselves in organic methods as well. That these AI could replicate entire ecologies and take advantage of the variety of exotic body plans and physiologies of sea creatures to create in time new generations of superior submersible technology not limited to the engineering or, or uh, human uh, biological necessities regarding depths, pressure and uh, you know oxygen etc that they would no longer be designed with the lack of imagination that human engineers approach this subject with uh, and explore wildly inventive uh, forms of submarine like with jellyfish type body plans with a uh, organic cetacean uh, type propulsion system a tail uh, designing themselves like sharks designing themselves like squid or octopus adding to an entirely new element where this AI this submarine AI begins to surpass and to create underwater warfare strategies superior to the pre-existing human navies. While this does not rival, for example, the ability of mankind to populate the stars or to populate the moon, space colony, etc., does not necessarily eliminate us or, uh, you know, or endanger every sense of our existence nor does it, uh, for example, include, hypothetically, the involvement of extraterrestrials um, that would aid us or involve themselves in this situation. If this situation was so dire, or if it was so dangerous, it would... it would be the seeds of our own destruction, just like how the creation of Skynet was the seeds of mankind's destruction. And while mankind might be fighting back, 
the creation of this can no doubt be considered a worst-case scenario. That even though mankind might survive and ultimately prevail, the fact that Terminator was real <laughs> was a massive loss. It's, it's a massive failure on a lot of levels. If, if you did survive a T-100 attack, the fact that it happened still fucking sucks. <laughs> the fact that a robot's still trying to kill you and your unborn child, it's terrible. It's a terrible day. Um, and that's exactly the fate of mankind if they exist to choose, if they choose to exist on the surface in a world where an AI threat exists. Because existing, even if it doesn't affect them directly or even, you know, destroy the world they live in, it's, like I said, a loaded gun pointed at the head of whoever has to survive this world. And even if they manage to wrestle the gun away, this is a moment of hostage, of, of being taken hostage by your own technology. And like I said, the, the potential for it to create an entirely new um, competitor on the Earth, that of AI-created marine-specific automata... Basically, will will forever um, lock the oceans away from mankind, because even though a, a is a, even though existing threats may be countered, even though existing uh, strategies and technologies may exist to prevent and to uh, protect you know, humans and their oceanic travels and needs going forward, the nature of the evolution of the AI always provides that there may be something that is new to restart this war again, to restart the the, the machine versus man war for the oceans once again. It would forever change the nature of the Earth because the Earth's oceans would no longer be part of human territory, would no longer be a part of the human frontier. It would be the end of our world and the beginning of the machine's world, of an automated entity's world, of an AI's world that specializes in dominating and controlling the ocean. Ironically, that actually might be the inevitable outcome in the elite's attempt to correct mankind's rampant, uncontrolled pollution of the ocean, mankind's rampant, uncontrolled noise pollution, its shipping traffic, its oil uh, production and and um, offshore, it's fishing, uh, international fishing in, in all waters, uh, the massive invasion of mankind into the ocean may only be corrected and may need to be completely cleaned from the slate. He's like wiped clean by the 
creation and existence of AI that target and destroy humanity with invulnerability with discipline and with patience as well as absolute disregard for its safety as well as the the lives the, the with no humanity with no compassion as well as embodying the literal uh, new age of engineering self-replicating machinery completely automatic manufacturing um, frontier um, colonization efforts this case undersea bottom of the ocean uh, facilities um, using radical engineering concepts like biological mimicry and its uh, robotics as well as metamaterials most likely pushing concepts like fission, cold fusion um, is it um, memory materials the list goes on AI um, that, that can be um, modeled after um, um, great naval commanders in history as well as organic um, mental calculating processes of like whales and and sea lions etc uh, otters as uh, are sharks the 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 horizon of the future is terrifying in this 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 regard absolutely terrifying and while skynet space um in many ways aviation with drones uavs drone strikes missiles that gets the 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 immediate face of artificial intelligence that gets the immediate face of the of the uh killer machine the deadliest threat to mankind to its society to its industry to its economy to its survival uh, as well as to its future plans of colonizing the ocean as well as uh, maintaining the control over the surface environment and world is Im- is most threatened by automatic submarines UAVs, ROVs automatic torpedoes automatic manufacturing facilities nanomachines um, transmedium craft those horizons are the furthest and the darkest to behold and only the perfect see this is this is remember the only the worst case scenario I, I believe that mankind's psychic and astral realities, I believe that their natures have been resolved and healed. I believe that the world is being superseded and supervised and, and dictated and monitored on many different levels. But if the perfect storm of human greed, paranoia, and tribal competition emerge and collide with 
billionaires with anti-statists with xenophobic military-minded naval leaders then one spark would set off a chain reaction and see the rise of the machines underwater. It won't be Skynet, it'll be CNET. And they'll control everything from the coastline to the deepest crevasse of the Mariana Trench. Seventy-five percent of the world's surface is water, specifically ocean. And mankind, when the day the first automatic weaponized submarine goes rogue, we'll have to fight for every square foot, every square meter of ocean and no man woman or child that ventures forth over the waves is promised to survive in essence mankind will no longer be the top of the food chain will no longer have dominion over the oceans will no longer be the most deadly creature on earth And in our image, the image of the nuclear-powered submarine, of naval might, at that horrible mechanized reflection We will see the child of unchained greed, an unrivaled brilliance, and soulless evil. In our image. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast.
I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much, sincerely, for letting me speak to you about doomsday scenarios, both on land and sea. Thank you all, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate each and every one of you. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much.